Empire. Welcome to In the Clubhouse, a podcast about the Washington Nationals and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Richard. In this episode, I sit down with the Harrisburg Senators team president, Kevin Club. During the episode, Kevin shares what it has been like for the minor league teams like his during the COVID-19 health pandemic and gives us a sneak peek into the cool bobbleheads that the Senators will be giving away this year and so much more. So, let's go into the clubhouse. Hey, Kevin, thanks for joining us today. Hey, Rich. Uh, thank, thanks for having me. Okay, so let's let's jump right in. So my, main, my first question is, like, how'd you get involved with baseball? What kind of, like, turned you on to the sport? Kind of give us your baseball story. Sure. Well, I was a uh, sports administration major at the University of South Carolina a long time ago, back in, in the early 90s when it was a new major and had to do an internship to get my diploma, and I did it with the hometown team in Charleston, South Carolina, where I grew up. And uh, you know, from there, I, you know, I love the I love the grind of it right away. You know, I didn't get a chance to get involved in everything as an intern, but I, I knew I wanted to get my, I wanted to see how the, I wanted to get into the business. I, uh, I landed a job in Salisbury, Maryland, where I met my wife. She worked for the team. We then moved to Lexington, Kentucky, and started up a team in Lexington, and. That was, uh, you know, at the basically year 2000, and I've uh, been here in Harrisburg now for 12 years. So really, minor league baseball is all I've ever done from uh, the time I got out of college in 1994 till now. Uh, it's uh, it's an, it's an industry unlike anything anything out there. Really, it's the grind, it's the do everything approach, it's the teamwork you build with your um, with your staff and the chemistry. It's uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. Awesome. I just wanted to get your thoughts right off the bat about like some of the realignment that uh, Major League Baseball did this past year of the minor league system. You know, kind of what are your thoughts, impressions? Um, do you think that it's going to be better um, for teams like yours um, to have that more closely alignment with Major League Baseball teams? Yeah, I think there's so many... It'd be interesting how this all works out and what they decide, what Major League Baseball decides to do with the scheduling moving forward. Certainly, I understand their need and want for um, for the geography to make more sense. And and honestly, that as that trickles down to their affiliates, the closer we are to who we play, and um, you know, the less miles we put on a bus, the less it's going to cost us too. So that um, that seems to make sense. Uh, there's just so many synergies that uh, I think in the long run um, are going to make sense for what they're trying to do. You know, we've enjoyed a great relationship with the Nationals for a long time now, and and uh, we kind of have a feel for what they're trying to do and and, and have a good uh, back and forth on that. So as we grow and as we adapt our ballpark to, you know, to kind of meet the needs of the of the Nationals as we move forward, we look forward to that process and and uh, you know we have a couple of new we have a new team in our league, uh, the Somerset Patriots. We've um, we've already met them and welcomed them into uh, the new Double A Northeast League. Uh, but a lot of the same names and a lot of the same relationships that I've had with all you know in the old Eastern League with all the teams there. It's uh, I, I know those guys really well, and and uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing what this new world brings with this new. Um, 
with the new relationship with MLB. Um, what are what are what are you, what are also your thoughts about um, like some of the rule changes that they're thinking of that they're going to be implementing this upcoming season to kind of try to increase the pace of play and stuff like that. I think it's great that they're looking at ways to make the game more exciting, especially for the younger generation. Um, and you know, and you're not going to know all of the uh, ramifications of a rule change until you test it out. And, and what better way than to do it here? None of the, the you know, the double way rule with all four infielders having to have their feet on the dirt. That It's not a, it's not the kind of rule change that's going to fundamentally impact the game um, in a negative way or really change anything player development, player development wise. I think it's smart. And, uh, you know, they may find out that there's, there's uh, ramifications that they didn't unforeseen consequences and uh, on either end, it may be better than they thought, or it might be worse, but uh, I'm all for trying to make the game as, uh, as exciting as we can for, the younger generation and, and honestly just to keep just to just to increase the pace of play and to have more true outcomes would be is what baseball really needs um which rule are you looking forward to seeing uh being implemented this year well i like the um i like the one that they're doing um i don't know what league it is i know that the triple a is doing the bigger bases and we're doing the four honestly i i think the one that we're doing has has the most um potential to be um something real uh, in the big leagues you know i'd like to see whether or not they decide in the second half of the season to you know continue the modification i know that the the way they worded the rule change is that there's a possibility that later on they could manipulate it to where there has to be two infielders on both sides of second base and i'd like to see that in real time and see what that does but i think that rule could really um I think has the most potential for the biggest impact uh, in the big leagues. Um, And I think that's the one that a lot of, a lot of analysts have their eye on the closest because of what it could mean potentially in the big leagues and, you know, bigger bases. I'm not, you know, I understand what they're trying to do. I'm not sure. I mean, I am interested in the uh, kind of the, uh, how that turns out, but I like the one, I like the one that we're going to be implementing with the four all infielders with their feet on the dirt. Awesome. So I was doing some uh, reading before this interview. Um, So obviously the Harrisburg Senators have been a part of the Washington Nationals team uh, structure since 2005. Um, You've had over 60 players have been either drafted or signed by the Nationals uh, play for the Harrisburg Senators. Um, You know, such a player such as Juan Soto, uh, MVP uh, 2019 World Series MVP Steven Strasburg also played. Um, So I kind of wanted to see, hear your thoughts on seeing these players really develop over the years, um, kind of make that stop in Harrisburg and then kind of go on to great um, prominence in the major league. How does that like feel um, from your perspective? Well, I'll tell you, you know, Richard, double uh, A baseball is where, where prospects, um, they usually don't skip this level, which means that uh, we're going to see all of the up and comers here. And the Nationals have done a great job of drafting over the last 10 years, which really has resulted in some, some amazing players coming through here. Um, you know, the, when you look at their 2019 World Series roster, how many of those guys were here um, and you know, getting to know those guys and understanding the struggles and the the perseverance and the dedication it takes 
Uh, when you're around a minor league ballpark day in and day out with those guys all the time, you really understand you really understand what it takes mentally and physically to do what they do. And it's not easy and there's no guarantees. And there's a lot of guys that have come through here. that were great ball players that didn't make it to the major leagues. Um, when I look at the roster of guys that has made it to the major leagues, it's, um, you know, I don't think I, I root for all of them. I, I, I always, um, I kind of think back to my personal interactions with those guys. Um, you know, it's all, they're all different. And they, I, the one, the one thing they have in common though, is that, uh, you know, they had the intestinal fortitude and the dedication to, to persevere and, and get there. Um, I know how hard it is for those guys and they deserve everything they get. Um, it's that we get a lot of satisfaction. My whole staff, we get so much satisfaction out of their success. And the 2019 world series was just unbelievable. You know, we haven't had a chance yet to celebrate that with our fans yet. Just like the nationals didn't have a chance mm-hmm. to celebrate with their fans until just the other day. Um, but on May 11th, we plan on, you know, this, this whole season is somewhat like last season was going to be for us where it's, it's really, um, it's going to be a lot about that. Just remembering and appreciating um, the, the caliber of prospect that is here in Harrisburg. And you, know, you mentioned Juan Soto. Juan Soto was with us. You know, he, he, he took a lightning bolt through the major league or through the minor leagues to, to Washington. He was with us here in Harrisburg for a total of eight days, four of which were home games. And uh, then he was gone. Um, and then other guys, you know, uh, they all have different stories. Um, but Juan obviously is, is a superstar and, you know, with all of them, um, we take a great, great bit of great, great amount of pride and, and playing our part. And we know we play a part and we know it's not, you know, we, we don't, we don't coach them. We don't, um, you know, we're not developing them as ball players. but I think part of the development process is just understanding what it takes on and off the field to be a major leaguer. And we do play a small part in that. And, uh, we take a lot of pride in it. How does, um, how does like the this the community and like the team kind of adjust to having such a like a you know a known prospect coming come to the come to your team um for the like whatever you said a period of time like how is that how is what's the impact on the on the community and also for the senators what's interesting richard you know back in 2010 and 11 when they drafted strasburg and harper back to back um, they came with them so much media presence that everybody knew who they were before they got here. And that carried a lot of um, curiosity. Um, and, the, and the financial impact of that was, was, was really, really high. Um, and not to say that it's not high with, with other players, because there certainly is a positive impact. Um, to what degree it really appeals to the, the hardcore baseball fan. Um, and it, and also it depends on how much time we have to promote it and on the front end. Sometimes things happen really fast. We don't know from one day to the next, if they're going to continue to stay here or if they're coming at all. Um, but there's, you know, part of, part of the excitement of coming to a Senators game is sometimes, you know, no two games are exactly alike. You may come to the ballpark, uh, for a game. You didn't realize Ryan Zimmerman was rehabbing here in Harrisburg, but guess what? He was, and that was awesome. Um, and it just makes you more, more apt to want to come back the next time because it's just an exciting experience to be at the ballpark. So there's residual impact to all those things. I love every time we can get a big leaguer here in the ballpark, whether, whether they come with the Strasburg Harper kind of, um, publicity or not. 
Um, it certainly ties us in with the Nationals. You can watch all the Nationals games here locally on on Masson. Um, there's that there is there is an impact to our our affiliation with the Nationals, and every time we can get a Nationals player here, um, it's good for business. Uh, our fans love it, um, and I hear great things. They they look forward to those things. I it it just gives you another little level of excitement for a ball game when it doesn't matter who it is, um, but any of those guys. Uh, and you know, with that comes a responsibility on our on our side to make sure that we take care of that guy when he's here and do all the things the Nationals need. Um, and I think we developed that trust over the years, and so it's been a win win. So, kind of going back to my one of my first questions about like that realignment of uh, major, you know, the minor league system. Um, you've had such a great relationship. Do you think that it's going to even improve further uh, moving forward with the Washington Nationals, or do you feel that like you know, it's good. It's good now. Um, and, you know, this is just like a cherry on top. I do think it's been good. And um, I think with a 10 year agreement and that long term stability to know that we are partners together, I think that can't do anything but help, mm-hmm. you know, the long term and the short term goals for what they want out of their um, facility here what, and what we need at what they know. They, they can better understand our financial, um, you know, uh, issues or, or, or when, you know, timing of when things might happen. Um, you know, I wouldn't say that our relationship at all was, um, we had a very strong relationship with them, but you know, when you have that, when you just know that for the next 10 years, which is a long time, Mm -hmm. um, it can't do anything but enhance that. And it just, it just level of, uh, cohesion, um, is, is just enhances it a little bit. Um, are you doing? Are you planning on any improvements um, around the stadium to kind of get you know? Um, I don't know if Major League Baseball has said like any requirements or something like that for your for your level. So have you have? Do you have any plans for some imp- any improvements? Yeah, we do. Um, and there were some um, you know written into the player development license. There was um, some language in there as to, in regards to facility standards and. And we have uh, some things we need to modify and improve, and, and that's all, all good. Right now, you know, for the short term, you know, we're, we're trying to get through the pandemic and we're trying to, uh, to hold things together and, and, and get, get a season started and uh, know that uh, within the next couple of years, um, identify, plan for, and execute a plan that, uh, that turns whatever areas of our ballpark needed to be um, – modified uh the plan with the nationals and with major league baseball and the city of harrisburg um you know we can we can all come together and make those things happen and that's great for the players too i mean that's where you know the the fact of the matter is um every one of the ballparks in america the minor league the minor league affiliates um you know those guys spend a lot of time here uh, and they've made they've made tremendous strides the major leagues have over the last few years in regards to nutrition and train weight training and and all those things have all been kind of on the way up for the last 10 years or so and you know there's a i know our facility while it's a great facility there's some things that uh we we can do to to make it better for them uh, over the next uh you know from that point on it just takes a little time to plan it but yeah we're excited to make those improvements in the next few years so one of the things that i love about your uh facility now is um you have a life-size bobblehead hall of fame um so kind of like take us through how that kind of got started 
Um, how do you kind of like select the players to be featured um, or get life size bobbleheads, etc.? The genesis of the life size bobblehead Hall of Fame really came down to the fact that we wanted to create a Hall of Fame, um, you know, in minor league baseball, in particular minor league baseball. You know, you're, you're always looking at creative, fun ways to do things. And we wanted to think outside the box and just do it a little bit differently. Uh, bobbleheads have been a staple in minor league baseball and major league baseball for so long. I mean, it's it's crazy and they're still extremely popular. Um, so we decided to do that and make it our own. We didn't know of anyone else that was doing that. That's great. We wanted to do it. And it's, and it's been fun. It's, part, it's just a part of the ballpark experience, um, you know, having those life-size bobbleheads here. We did our first one. It was Vlad. Guerrero and uh, we were fortunate enough to have Vlad here at the ballpark for his induction and that was super cool and then a couple years later when Vlad Jr. was coming through with Toronto's affiliate you know he got to take a picture with his dad's life-size bobblehead and that was kind of cool and um, every one of the inductees some of them were active players because Strasburg and Harper and Zimmerman this year we're inducting Ryan Zimmerman Um, but uh, a couple of them are still active a couple of them have have retired Um, the way we select, we have, you know, we do a fan vote. We kind of narrow it down to a few people. We, uh, and we kind of uh, let the fans dictate which uh, which way we're going to go. We have, we narrow it down to maybe a half dozen or so, and then they can decide which one it is. We a lot of lead time needed for such a thing. Yeah, you got to know early. You got to get that thing ordered. We have a great partner with Alexander Global, uh, who does all our bobbleheads, and they make the life size ones as well. I've- so it's cool. I have to. I'm a big fan of bobbleheads. One of my favorite things to collect. Um, I did. I did. I was able to secure all my bobbleheads up there. Nice. Every bobblehead. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Oh wow, that's a lot of bobbleheads. <laughs> um, what I did get one of the Steven Strasberg bobbleheads uh, that were that you guys uh, sold this year. So um, I was super excited to get that. Um, I want to just maybe take a little bit um, of a little bit of backstep about um, how has COVID-19 like affected your team um, specifically, um, obviously over the past two years, um, you know, obviously no fans, but you know, what have you done to kind of keep that, um, you know, the, the, the enthusiasm gap, um, you know, the enthusiasm involved in your, in your stadium? It's been really hard. I mean, this is, it's been devastating to our industry. We are just not set up to have a season of no revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, we work on very thin margins and um, I can't, I can't overestimate. I don't think the, the, the angst and the, um, the worry and the stress that this has caused our industry no different here in Harrisburg. You know, we have, we're fortunate that we have an ownership group who is, who is committed to getting us over this hump. And, uh, and that's great. I, I, I feel very fortunate in that respect. Um, but sacrifices have been made, you know, this year, while it's, it's great that we're going to play, um, that's certainly better than last year. It's, it's still going to be extremely impacted, um, with our sponsors and the money we carried over from last year. And, 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 and that's probably going to be, that's probably going to impact 2022 a little bit as well. It's probably not till 2023 when we fully get through the impact of what we're going through but hopefully the worst days are behind us um we're doing the best we can 
like we always do. We just try to do the right thing every day. And, and uh, we've had some great partners and partnerships that have um, that helped us. The city of Harrisburg, our landlord has been great. Um, it takes all those things. And uh, we've really, we've really, um, I know we, and I'm sure all of minor league baseball did. You, you kind of lean on your relationships uh, as best you can and uh, figure out a way. You know, we used our ballpark for a lot of, um, you know, non-traditional activities last summer, movie nights and youth baseball tournaments and private events. Uh, we did tons of those. You know, we probably had 80 events in three months. Hmm. Um, but they were small and they were, uh, you know, on the scale, you know, they were a drop in the bucket in terms of revenue. But, you know, it kept us active in the community. It kept us, gave us some exposure. It kept our brains and our mental state kind of in a good place. And uh, we're, we're in a good place now. We're, we're excited uh, to bring fans back into this ballpark. Our industry has uh, had a very, very tough year. If I could... And not just here in Harrisburg, I just hope that the communities where all of the affiliate, where all where minor league baseball is, understands what our industry's gone through and and support their team, uh, because we're all this pretty small businesses who are trying to trying to figure out how to get over this hump, and um, and we need our community support, and I know all of minor league baseball that needs. Uh, their community support as well. So looking forward um, to, to this year, what are some events um, that Nationals fans should kind of like mark on their calendar? Um, what kind of what, what kind of atmosphere do you kind of envision uh, for fans returning to your stadium for this year? We took the, we, we've taken the, um, the philosophy, uh, even though we're going to have a reduced capacity, and in our case, with six-foot social distancing between pods of people, we're probably limited to about 30% capacity, even though in the state of Pennsylvania they say 50%. The overarching rule is six-foot distancing, and so we can't really get over 30. But in spite of that, uh, we've taken the philosophy that, hey, if you come to a game, um, we want to entertain the heck out of you. Uh, we have to amend some things, make sure it's a uh, pandemic uh Friendly, you know, friendly. Yeah. You know, in terms of some of our activities we do during the course of the game, mm -hmm. but lots of giveaways, lots of, um, you know, we were going to do this for last year. And some of the things and I'm sure a lot of, a lot of my colleagues in minor league baseball and major league baseball are do, dealing with the same thing. You'd already, heck, the world didn't shut down until the middle of March and we'd already procured half our stuff, mm -hmm. most of our stuff for the 2020 season. So that stuff gets recycled now into the 2021 season. Uh, so we have, Lots of giveaways, lots of fireworks shows, lots of, you know, just lot, a lot of the staple things that our fans come to enjoy here. Um, there are some things that we can't do this year because of the pandemic. We're replacing that with other things. Um, but the idea is, look, we're not going to we're not going to just cut every corner just because we can't get our full boat of revenue. It's about entertaining our our our, our you know our community needs us. And they need to be entertained. And we, we, we take that job seriously. And when they come to the ballpark this year, we're going to entertain them. That's what we do. And uh, we'll get through this season together. And, you know, we'll start the process of planning for 22 under probably more normal um, conditions, hopefully. Uh, but we're going to, you know, for us, it's business as usual. Yeah, we may have a few less people here, but we're going to take the same approach we always have. Any cool bobbleheads that you want to give a little sneak peek on? All right, so this is my favorite. It's the Juan Soto Shuffle. Oh my God, that's awesome. Hold up. Now this one is especially near and dear to me because I was watching the ESPN um, cover story they did on Juan this past week. And he said that the Soto Shuffle 
started here in Harrisburg and they had video to prove it when he did his first Soto shuffle. So this is to commemorate the Soto shuffle. I'm excited about that one. This is one of my favorite players of all time. Obviously a lot of Nats fans know this guy and the story and the perseverance this guy showed to get back to the big leagues after his, uh, after his injuries. But Aaron the Bear uh, Barrett, um, you know, with the bear kind of motif on his legs and his arms and the claw uh, is a pretty cool bobblehead. I'm excited about that one. So Aaron the Bear Bobble, awesome. Aaron the Bear Barrett. And then Mr. National himself, Ryan Zimmerman, who we're inducting into the Life Size Bobblehead Hall of Fame. Um, this is a, uh, you know, what's going to happen is he is, this is just a small version of the larger one that's going to get inducted later on this season. Um, that's three of the four. The fourth one is a Trey Turner bobblehead. I just don't have that one here handy to show you at the moment. But those are the four bobbleheads we'll be doing for uh, 2021. Well, I'm definitely going to have to put those dates on my calendar and drive up to Harrisburg just for the bobbleheads and maybe catch a great game too. Well, great. We'd love <laughs> to have you. Bring your friends. <laughs> I will. Um, so what I, I – Towards the end of the interviews um, for the for the podcast, um, I ask five uh, quick questions, and they're it's called the lightning round. So, are you ready, Kevin? I am ready. Okay, first you have to answer whatever first pops in your head. Here we go. Favorite baseball movie? No dreams. Favorite baseball team growing up? Boston Red Sox. Favorite baseball stadium? Emily Park. I really should maybe change my the next question because everybody answers the question Wrigley or Fenway. You know, it's not as I mean I, Fenway is my favorite, so that's the answer. But I mean, those are the two. Those I, I love the um, the longer the, the longer they stay around, uh, the more I love them. I love the retro look. Uh, favorite current baseball player to watch: Juan Soto. Favorite and Anthony Rendon. Rendon and Soto one two. Uh, favorite baseball player growing up? Jerry Remy, second baseman for the Boston Red Sox in the early 80s. Now the voice of uh, New England Sports Network. My favorite player. Awesome. Kevin, you've passed the lightning round. I want to thank you so much for taking the time uh, to talk to us. Um, really excited about the Harrisburg Senator season. Um, I know that I'm going to try to drive up with my family and my friends uh, for a couple of games. Um, maybe we can do a couple of live podcasts there. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. Um, I really appreciate you having me, thinking of us. Uh, we're so super excited. You know, I will never take the grind for granted again, I promise. Uh, it'll be very emotional when we get to open up this ballpark to fans on May 11th. I just can't wait. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you. Have a good day. And this will do it for this episode of In the Clubhouse. If you like this episode, please make sure to like, review, and rate this podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. And you can follow us on all the major social media channels at The Nats Report.